0: only if you know he's worthy if he hasn't done anything for you that you don't have to praise him I put those hands together everybody God bless you as we remain standing the reading of god's holy word the series of messages once again is entitled this is us this is us this is the third of four messages that is in this series. The text is the scripture text we've read throughout this series. And it is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through verse 9. And we have chosen the New International Version as the translation. The NIV translation. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through verse nine hear the reading of God's holy word beginning in verse number seven Paul declares but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us I need to say that again it is from God and not from us we are hard to press on every side but not crushed perplexed but not in despair and here is where today's message is found verse number nine persecuted <laughs> but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed. Amen. 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 This is the third message in the series. It is lifted directly from the text. Look over at someone that is standing next to you and encourage them with these words. Look at them and say persecuted but not abandoned. Now, just before you sit down, turn around and say, I'm still here. Amen. Amen. You all may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes the best testimony is, I'm still
1: here.
0: Y'all ready to have church? Listen, listen, this, this series of messages that we have been sharing with you for the last several weeks was inspired by a very popular television show that aired on NBC for the last three years. It has just concluded its third series, an award-winning show. that followed the lives of three siblings and their parents. This very unique and special family, because one of the siblings is an African-American male that was adopted from birth at the same time the other two siblings were born. So they left the hospital together born on the same day as a unique family. What I like about this series is that it follows each member of the family as each of them go through their personal ups and downs, as they enjoy their successes, and as they mourn their failures, as they celebrate their achievements And as they are disappointed with uh, their letdowns and the things that do not go right in their lives. I said to the congregation, uh, the thing that perhaps touches me the most is the title of the show. It could have been, this is you. (laughs) Could have been, this is me. But what I like about it, Deacon Smith, is that it assumes that you are not the only one who have to go through something. That all of us go through ups and downs and celebrations and disappointments. All of us have our triumphs and our failures. We all have good days and some days that are not so good. The truth of the matter is, all of us have enough drama in our own lives, in our own family, that we can all declare together, this is us. I said to the church at the early morning service, it, it, it suggests to us that none of us have any reason to be judgmental of anyone, regardless of what they go through, because your problem may not be theirs, but you do have some issues. Amen? I've never met anyone yet who's not had to go through something. It, it suggests to us that because you did not do that does not mean you should judge others as they go through it. Doesn't mean that everything they did should be condoned, but it means that we at least empathize with people because we too are human. We too are made of, as Paul says, earthen or jars of clay, earthen vessels. Uh, in the first two messages of this series, we talked about those emotional struggles that we, particularly those who are people of faith, often experience. Now, there isn't anyone sitting here today who could say you haven't had your emotional struggles. We all have those oftentimes because they are internal People don't always get to see what we're going through. Amen. And when we come out of it, we often don't look like what we've been through. Now, I just want to make sure I'm in the right place. How many of you have ever had to go to church with a praise on the outside, crying in the inside? How many of you ever had to press your way to work? Day after day, with a good face on the outside, but struggling in the inside. Look at somebody and say, this is us. And see, we all have been there. And in the first two messages, we we spoke of those internal struggles, such as being
1: heart-pressed.
0: Paul says, on every side. Uh, we suggest to you that the Greek terminology for hard press is where we get the word squeeze. <laughs> I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life, my dear friend, Senator Scott, where I felt squeezed. A- a- am I the only one? How many of you just some days you wake up and you just feel like squeeze? I- got more bills than money, and situation breaks out all over the place, and, 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 and when you put out one fire, there's another, and, and there's always something going wrong, and all, always a challenge, and if you're raising a family with children, you know how it is to be squeezed, and sometimes, I know, thank God, I'm, I'm past that stage, well, at least I ought to be, but I got grands now, that, 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 that when the phone rings, sometimes you said, oh, Lord, what, what is it now? But thanks be to God, we were not crushed. Uh, hard pressed, squeezed, but not crushed. And then Paul talks about another one of those internal struggles. We spoke of it last week in that message. Paul says, perplexed. We all have been to a point of uncertainty in our life, a point where we wondered what God is up to. We all have had to stretch our heads over what God was up to. I, I, I must confess, I said it to the church this morning, I said it again, that there have been times in my life that I have been downright angry at God. Now, maybe it's just me. Uh, but there have been times in which I've prayed so hard and I, I, I did not understand what God was up to. I just didn't understand. it. I've been to too many funerals of folk that I thought were too good to die so soon. I was at one Monday of a 20-year-old a young girl who more than half of her life battled cancer. And I saw her friends give an emotional testimony at that funeral. Tears streaming down their face about how she kept the faith. We have one today at 2 o'clock, faithful man of God who prayed for a deliverance. I don't always understand what God is up to. And quite honestly, there are times in which God leaves me feeling perplexed. And I find myself in a constant dialogue with God as the prophet Habakkuk did when I ask God rhetorical questions knowing God is not going to give me the answer that I expect. And then God reminds me that I don't need to give you an explanation. God reminds us he doesn't owe us an explanation. That'll preach all by itself. Because sometimes we get to the point where we think God ought to give us an explanation. And God said, well, let me remind you who wakes you up every morning. And if it had not been for my breath in your body, you would not be here. So even when I don't understand God, I am not in despair. I've learned how to praise God perplexed. Am I the only one? I've learned how to trust him even when I can't trace him. So God reminded us that we all have been there. And so as we look at today's message, we would like to to discuss how the enemy often tries to use persecution hmm, as a weapon to discourage and destroy those who are trying their best to live godly. It just seems like godly people catches it all the time. Try, I'm not bothering anybody. You just go to work. You, 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 do, you do what you do. You pray to God. And there seem to be demons everywhere you turn. Persecution. It just seems like uh, the more you pray the harder it gets. Ah. And what God reminded me of is that since the creation of mankind, the enemy has attempted to use persecution as a means to discourage and destroy the people of God. In other words, help me preach this and look at somebody and say, this is not new. Tell them there is nothing new under the sun. So God, God reminded me of, of, of at least three Old Testament examples. The first that comes to mind was what is known as the Egypt experience. Egypt experience. 430 years, the people of God were in bondage in Egypt, making, making bricks without straw. The, the whip of the taskmaster on their back, suffering Under the hands of a vile and an evil enemy. The Egypt experience was not pleasant, but God said it was necessary. In fact, I needed the descendants of Jacob to be in Egypt so that I can grow their numbers and so that I can bless them. And oftentimes that which is the most difficult is a part of God's master plan just to make us better. God says the Egypt experience was persecution, listen to this, designed by God to make you better. And then there was the wilderness experience. The Egypt experience was 430 years in Egypt. The wilderness experience was 40 years in the wilderness after Egypt. Now, you would think that God would have said, Since you've been in Egypt for 430 years, you don't have to wait 40 more in order to get to the promised land. But in fact, it wasn't God that did it. It was the disobedience of the people of God. Because God knows, listen to this, although you're not where you used to be, you're not ready for where you need to be. You'll catch it after a while. And so in between where you used to be and where you need to be is often a wilderness experience. God said, I'd use the wilderness to test your obedience. I use the wilderness to show you you needed to depend on me. Because where, when there was no food to eat, I gave you manna from heaven. And when there was no water to drink, I gave you water. of a rock somebody say wilderness experience how many of you ever been in between blessings you you are not quite where you used to be but you're not ready for where god needs you to be and god takes us through the wilderness to get us ready and then god reminded me of the third experience that comes to mind and i refer to that as the babylonian experience Now, the Babylonian experience was what happens to you after you are delivered, when God sets you up, when things go right, and then you get the big head. (laughs) What happens when you forget Egypt? What happens when God turns it around and you somehow think you did it for yourself? Can I preach to somebody? Every now and then, God still has to teach us lessons. That that, that it was me who made it for you. God puts it this way through, through the anointing of Moses. I'll give you houses you did not build. Vineyards you did not plant. I gave you cities you did not have to build up. In fact, I gave you other people's territory. And all you had to do is praise me. But you know how we are. Sometimes some folk can't stand to be blessed. So some, some folk get a little blessing and it goes to their head and they start praising themselves as if they are responsible for all the good things that have happened in their life. Then God sends the Babylonians that will destroy what you have built. That will will go through the land and devastate the land and, and, and take under captivity your children and your children's children. And God kept them in captivity for 70 years in Babylon. They were so depressed, Pastor Bradley, that they could not even praise God. Psalms 137 says, how can we sing God's song in a strange land? They forgot the God of their deliverance. Can I preach to somebody? When God brings you out, don't you get so cute with your Louis and your Gucci and all of that other stuff. Don't get so cute. Now you can pay other folk to clip your fingernails. You can pay other folk to paint your toenails and and now you think you've arrived but you need to remember how it was on the other side of the track when we lived in Taylor's Arthur Town and Gadsden and down there in deep country land where some of you didn't have much to lean on but you had God's everlasting hand. I just need to see a handful of folk that know God has been good to me. Look at somebody and say, don't you get so stuck up that you forget where God has brought you from. Whew. Seven dead years in Babylon. So God reminds us through those three experiences that each of these experiences, the people of God survived the experience. You need to catch that. And then, in fact, at times, God even allowed them, listen to this, to thrive doing the experience. Although you were in a place you didn't want to be, God showed the enemy, I know how to bless you even in an undesirable place. <laughs> Who am I preaching to? Because some of you are on a job right now you don't want to be on, but somehow God keeps blessing you. Some of you are in a situation you don't want to be in, but somehow God keeps blessing you. And folk look at you and say, how come you have that? And the only thing you could say is, but God. Are there any witnesses? Is there anybody that just has a but God shout? I I, I don't know how it happened. I I don't know why God chose to bless me. I don't know God could have used anybody, but
1: God chose me. I don't know why God did this, but God!
0: May I preach this? Trying to get through it quickly because we've got a funeral to get to, but I need to preach this. So, in the text, in this text, we continue to examine the testimony of Paul and those that were with him, such as Timothy and others, and we see what they had to go through for the gospel's sake. Ooh, I'm here to let you know that if you are godly, you will have to go through something. The only reason the devil doesn't bother you is because he already has you. Can I preach to somebody? The, 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 the only reason he doesn't bother you is because he already has you. Oh, James Wright, count it all, Joy. You, every morning he gets on your case, you ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Because if he had me, he wouldn't be bothering me. Ooh all joy. So Paul, in this wonderful text to the Corinthians, Paul talks about those internal struggles in verse number eight that we referred to earlier. Paul talks about having been hard pressed, but not crushed. He talks about them having been perplexed, but not in despair. Those were internal struggles. And now in verse number nine, the last two examples of his testimony are found in verse number nine. First one is for our message today. The last one we will share in the next message. Paul talks about in verse number nine the external forces that came up against him. Not only will you have to go through internal struggles, but there will be some External forces that just don't like you. Can I just keep it real? I I, I don't care what you do, there, there are some folk that just don't like you. Scott, you and I talk about it all the time. You you can do your best, and you wonder, you scratch your head going, What have I done that folk want to persecute me so? And that there, there are just some haters out there who, who are obsessed. With the spirit of jealousy. Notice I said jealousy is a spirit. It is an evil spirit. Spirit of jealousy. And here you are just doing what you do. And these external forces come against you. They don't like you. That that has been kind of hard for me to deal with. Those of you who know me know that sometimes I I used to get all perplexed. I just, I I thought I could make everybody like me. I just, if I work on it just harder, until my wife just told me one night, baby, just get it in your thick head. Some people will never like you. (laughs) And I'm going, why? And then God reminded me, well, they didn't all like Jesus. Can I keep it real? Even even those that Jesus helped weren't there for him at the cross. Can I, I wish I had time to preach. If I had the homiletical liberty to preach this, I would call the road and ask, where was the woman with the issue of blood? Well, Where was uh, uh, the man Nicodemus? Where was the other one that Jesus raised their daughter? Where were those that Jesus fed the fish and the loaves? It seemed that folk like you when you do something for them. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But when your back is against the wall, where are they? The cross should have been crowded if only from those who enjoyed the miracles of Jesus they all should have been to the trial when Jesus was on trial and he needed a witness and Pilate says do you want Barabbas or do you want Jesus nobody spoke up for Jesus what happened to the ten lepers that were all cleansed why didn't they say wait a minute hold up he's a good man i've just come to the conclusion that some folk even those who you help may not always be there for you and folk will flip on you in a minute the expression says there is a thin line between love and hate folk will love you one day and persecute you the next day. David puts it this way. I was wounded in the house of a friend. Now don't fool me now. But is there anybody in here ever been hurt by somebody you thought was your friend? Have you ever been persecuted by somebody that you did nothing but tried to help them? So Paul, in in, in verse number 9, let me get through this, Paul speaks of how they were often persecuted simply because of the preaching of the gospel. Listen, the original Greek translation described the word persecuted as, quote, to be pursued, listen to this, as a prey by a ferocious predator. I'm not just talking about somebody rolling their eyes at you, I'm not just talking about somebody who started a little rumor on the internet about you, but I'm talking about folk that will pursue you like a ferocious predator, and even no matter where you go, it seems like trouble finds its way. What I've come to the realization is that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, and it's not the people who are the enemies? It's the spirit in them. Yeah. Satan is the enemy. And so the translation says, pursued as a prey by a ferocious predator. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Persecution is we are hunted down. Like an animal, we are hunted down. Whew. The Message Bible says, we have been spiritually terrorized how how many of you just sometimes been terrorized by folk you you still can't figure out why they're out to get you but spiritually terrorized but then there is a quote that I've asked the the media ministry to help me with to put it on the board it is by the scholar Matthew Henry in his commentary of the text He described Paul's words in this manner. We are pursued and persecuted with hatred and violence. Now here's the part I like. From place to place, as men not worthy to live. See, some folk just think if they change churches, the devil will leave you alone. (laughs) As as if he's only in one spot. (laughs) But the devil will track you down and hunt you down like a ferocious predator. And it doesn't matter where you end up. He will find you somehow. Paul says, as Matthew Henry describes it, uh, we are pursued and persecuted with hatred and violence from place to place. Wherever we go, Ephesus, they are there. Corinth, we are there. If we go to Thessalonica, they are there. If we go to Rome, our enemies are there. In other words, Paul said, I've come to the conclusion that the devil doesn't take a vacation. You do know that, right? You do know that he doesn't lighten up on you or that he will pursue you. He will hunt you down. So the reason we say this is because how Paul goes on with the text. He says, I am persecuted, but listen to what he says next. But not abandoned. I read an interesting dissertation of that. And it says perhaps Paul was referring to a military campaign of how the enemy keeps pursuing, keeps pursuing. But... When he says I'm not abandoned, it means my backup is always there. Now, let me say this. Some folk you can't count on to be your backup. Because when your backup get up and leave, they're not backup. But 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 Paul says, although I am hunted down and pursued. By the enemy, we have never been abandoned. The Amplified Bible says we have never been deserted. The Message Bible says, but God hasn't left our side. Somebody ought to help me praise God for the fact that it seems as if the more the enemy came after you, the more God stood by you. I, I, all I need is just a few witnesses. How many of you know you've been through hell and high water? You've been down but not out and it seems like the harder it became, the stronger God made you. In 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 any witnesses. That's why I said to look at somebody and say I am still here. The truth of the matter is, the enemy thought he had me a long time ago. Joseph testified to his brothers that what you meant for evil, God meant it for my good. I just need to see the hands of just a handful of folk that know you know how to take the devil's best, best shot. You know how to take whatever he sends you. But somehow you still have joy. The old folks said, Bradley, after all the things I've been through, I still have joy. Why? Because this joy I have, the world can't take it away. Anyone can praise God during good times. But I am just wondering, in the midst of your persecution, have you ever found an opportunity to confuse the enemy and you started you you got happy when they persecuted you in the book of acts the apostles when they were beaten the bible says they leaped for joy and they were happy that they were per- let me tell you something if you rejoice over your persecution the enemy will wonder if he's doing the right thing <laughs> but when the devil figures out that he can't stop you when when he realizes that your joy has never been predicated on what you are going through because if your joy was predicated on what you were going through there would be times in which you wouldn't have a reason
1: to praise god but i will bless the lord at all
0: Look at somebody and say, I've got a reason to praise God. Don't don't you judge me by how I look. Uh, But I've got a reason to praise God. Behind the suit, behind all of that makeup you got on, behind that great looking outfit you have on, uh, there's a struggle behind there. But the good news is that God has never abandoned you. God has never deserted you. Even in the midst of everything you were going through, God was still good all the time. And all the time God is good. You've got 10 seconds to give him your best praise.
1: I'm almost done.
0: But the fact of the matter is that the persecution the enemy thought would destroy you actually somehow made you stronger, wiser, better. Okay, so matters say, so much better. What the enemy thought would take you out actually took you up. What the enemy thought will wipe you out took you to another dimension and now you're wiser stronger and better can I get a witness all I need is just a handful of believers who's been through the worst of it but God has blessed you to be even better than what you've ever been you thought you would lose it but God made you stronger wiser and better can I get a witness? I heard. Let me read something to you. Do we going? Go to James, the first chapter. I reference it, but go to the first chapter, verses two to verse four, the New Living Translation upstairs. If you can follow me, uh, stand to your feet, everybody. We're almost done, but I just want to leave this word in your spirit. Mm, James 1, that's right, look at what he said, now I need you to help me, look at somebody standing next to you, and say, dear brothers and sisters, say it like you're a preacher, I'm going to ordain you to preach for 10 seconds, (laughs) put on your preacher's voice, amen, Tommy, you can be a preacher for 10 seconds, Kafka and Marlon, and all Johnny, you for just for 10 seconds. Say, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow.
1: I wish I had time to preach this We Look somebody, so, so let it grow.
0: For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete,
1: needing nothing. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we go.
0: Grab somebody by the hand. And say, neighbor, tell the enemy what they thought would destroy me has, in fact, been good for me. I've got two words for the enemy. Got it? I've got two
1: words for the enemy. It backfired. Give your neighbor a high five. Say, tell the devil. It. Us. Where are my testimonies? Tell the devil it back. Do we have time to give God a 30-second dance? You got 30 seconds to give God a praise for everything that backfire I never would've.
0: those hands all week long put that word back on the screen all week long when you go to work tomorrow just say
1: it backfired when you go home tonight it backfired you thought you can have my family
0: but they all are going to be saved those hands all over this way no weapon no weapon formed against me shall prosper it won't work it won't work we all have to go through something but I'm here to declare and decree that God would never abandon you No matter what the enemy throws your way, no matter what the enemy brings your way, God will always be right there. Come on by your side. Come, let us pray for you. Come on, man. Somebody needs prayer right now. Someone in your family needs prayer, and they're not even here.
1: Come intercede
0: for someone who could not be here.
1: When the enemy comes in like a flood, the yeah. Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against me. It won't work, no it won't, it won't work. Ooh, ooh, say no. Formed against, against, against me, against me. Shall shall prosper. It won't, it won't. What he, said. What he said he would do He was not a man Woo. that he should lie Lift those hands He will come through say God
0: around somebody. that the weapon will not be formed it says when it is formed it will not work (laughs) it wasn't that Paul was not persecuted but the persecution didn't work it's not that we want to ever have to go through anything it is that what we go through will not work it will backfire It will make you stronger and wiser, better than what you've ever been before. Because God is on your side. Here's the challenge for all of us. Where do you stand with your relationship with God? Each one of these examples, Paul was an example of a godly, faithful man. Not perfect. None of us are perfect. Joseph was a godly, faithful man. He certainly wasn't perfect. And if you want to be able to withstand the persecution, you have to have a relationship with God. And he appreciates the fact that you're in church. So many of you on a Sunday morning. But coming to church is not a relationship. Just like you coming over to my house doesn't make you a member of my family. Amen. A relationship comes together. The question is, where do you stand with the Lord? If you're ready to take the next step, if you're not sure, if you just want your questions answered, if you want more information, about baptism salvation wherever you are right now just for a moment all over the church just lift those hands and we want to put this card in your hand if if, if 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 you want more information amen as the choir is saying just lift that hand that's the young man right there others wherever you are amen somebody will call you By tomorrow evening, somebody will call you, wherever you are. Just lift those hands right now. We all have been there. It won't work. Just fill it out and just,
1: woo. Woo, Woo,
0: choir, yeah. Listen, if you've made up your mind and you want to do it today, you don't want to go home without making that commitment. You can stand at this altar. After this prayer, we administer to you right now. Amen. If you you want somebody to talk to personally, fill out the card. But if you want to do it today, tomorrow isn't promised. I told you, I've been to too many funerals this year. Young people. In fact, I thought about it the other day. Just this year alone, I've attended three funerals of three young people all under the age of 21. All under the age of 21. So don't think you're invincible. None of us are. But when you have a relationship with God, you are prepared for whatever comes your way. Amen. Close those eyes, amen. Lord, we thank you, we bless you. Thank you for reminding us that the weapons may form, the fiery dots may come, but they won't work. Thank you for reminding us that in the midst of severe persecution, we realize that we were not abandoned by you. You were right there by our side, every step of the way, every up and down, every difficult situation. You were right there. Thank you for these young people. Thank you for that young man who he and I touched and agreed. The enemy thought he had it. But I, I prophesize over all these young people's lives and say the best is still yet to come. Thank you, Lord, for what you are doing. Use us as a church to be a part of what you are doing. Help us as a church not to be an impediment to what you are trying to do for the kingdom. Because, Lord, we know that you are doing things that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the imagination of man. We thank you for those that are joining by way of internet, those that are listening by way of radio. They can call us right now. Someone will pray. Someone will be there to walk them through it. Thank you, Lord. It is already done. It is already died. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tell somebody it won't work. Tell them it won't was- work. Uh, yeah. Anybody here today want to There Just stay
1: one. Just one. Just stay one. There Just stay one. Oh, yeah, one. one. There Just stay oh, one. There Just stay one. 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 Anybody want to make that, want. that commitment? Oh, yeah. there just stay
0: one. If you want to. There yeah, Look at God. Come on. Look at God, these are young men. Amen. God bless you. Amen. We we'll take them. Amen. We'll sick Everybody praise God. God. Look what God is. As these young men walk down the aisle, clap your hands. Let me say something. Next Sunday is the fifth Sunday. We're dedicating that to young people. Benedict College Gospel Choir is going to be here. We've got a special anointed service so if you know any young people wherever they may be you don't have to dress up to come they can come as they are i don't care if they leave the nightclub and come straight here whatever whatever it takes amen let them come amen because i believe god's gonna do something in their lives amen as we stand to our feet again would you help us welcome our guest to attorney willis thank you senator scott thank you so much amen such a dynamic team that god has put together we are certainly praying for you all of our friends and you would do south carolina proud amen keep the family in your prayer the funeral starts at two o'clock tuesday night we should be back for bible study one hour we have three highlighted points that we save for tuesday night come back as we share those on tuesday night amen lift those hands to the lord in fact Just before we pray, somebody again, open your mouth and say, this is us. (laughs) We all have been there, haven't we? Amen. Lord, we thank you for this service. Thank you for this series. Thank you for those who filled out the cards. Thank you for these two young men who says, I want to do it right now. Who walked down those aisles and we're ministering to them right now. Bless them in a special way. We thank you for our special guests who joined us. Attorney Willis, Senator John Scott. We ask that you bless them and show them favor as they travel throughout South Carolina. Now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us. Now, tomorrow, and forevermore, and those who know it is already done, say amen. Amen. God bless
1: you. Thank you for being a part of this service.